0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, In Good Company. I'm Nikolai Tangen, the CEO of the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. In this podcast, I talk to the leaders of some of the largest companies we are invested in so that you can learn what we own and also that you can meet these impressive leaders. Now, today, we are starting in the fast lane in pole position with Benedetto Vigna, who is the CEO of the iconic Ferrari. We have been invested in Ferrari since it became public in 2015, and we own over 0.6% of the company. This translates to over 3 billion kroner, or 380 million US dollars. Put on your seatbelt and get ready for the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, Benedetto, uh, big thanks for taking the time to be on the program today. Um, I just uh, would love to kick off with, uh, with a bit of a naive question. Is Ferrari actually a car?
1: No, 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 no. Ferrari is made of people. And the people made, among other things, also the car. But we are a luxury company. And uh, we are uh, a family of, uh, of people that have the passion to make unique things, exclusive things with the continuous and um, always alive will to progress. This is Ferrari. We sell emotion and experiences. Mm. So when,
0: when, um, when the founder, Enzo Ferrari, said that Ferrari is a dream, what do you think he meant by that?
1: It's the, 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 um, the polar stars. Mm. I mean, what is, the human, uh, what is the history of humankind? It's driven by dream that you, make, you, you have to make it happen. Well, this is Ferrari. One year ago, I joined Ferrari, the 1st of September. And I read many things about Ferrari because I was living Ferrari from the outside world. But when you are inside, you deeply understand, I think, the meaning of what I was saying. It helps humankind to make it happen, the dreams that drive the progress of humankind.
0: Have you seen anything similar in uh, the other company?
1: Not so much. Not so much deep, uh, Nikolai. I have dealt in my life with many, many companies, big and also many startups. But um, this um, will to progress, this concept that the things are constantly in motion and you have to materialize and to make it happen and uh, to transform in reality. For example, the startup, what is the startup usually? It's a set of people that have an idea and want to achieve that goal to make it happen. And most of the time correct if i'm wrong once you get there you have only one goal (laughs) to sell it at the highest price and to materialize in the sense that you monetize few of them are have the ambition to scale up uh, like some of uh, the companies that we 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 all know in the in the the silicon valley but um, i think it's different it's different because there is a true love a true passion Many people uh, in other companies say that they are driven by passion. But the passion here is a a deeper level. There are three kinds of companies, I think. There are companies where the people work for the boss. There are companies where the people work for the company. (laughs) And there are uh, companies where the people work for the values, for the purpose, for the myth. Here, people work for the prancing horse. For what the prancing horse represents, and the prancing horse represents this continuous will to progress, I would say that the prancing horse is really, if you want, um, it is the the symbol of a religion, and the religion <laughs> is the re- yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you this. I have uh, several friends in Silicon Valley. No, no. I, I,
0: I, 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 so I fully believe you. I've been to to Maranello, and just for the for the listeners, Maranello is. Uh, is where you are headquartered. Is uh, uh, you know, all uh, petrol heads, all uh, serious petrol heads, make the pilgrimage to Monello to <laughs> to, <laughs> to visit your factory. So I can see, I can see a point. Tell us about the town and how Ferrari is just completely dominating the city.
1: It's uh, you can really see when you go around in the town the people that are dressing the red suit, the operators that proudly dress it. Usually, okay, when you work in that role for other companies. You get rid of that suit right away you don't want to go around in that <laughs> way and this is this tells you a lot because this true sense of belonging goes i think it touch all the level of the company and this mm-hmm. is very important and you see that uh, uh, you find the people dressing in this way in, in all the town especially when you are under christmas time it looks like you are uh, in the city of santa claus so it's not rovaniemi it's here <laughs>
0: Now, you've had a, a very successful background with micro compressors um, and so on. How, how is this industry and job different?
1: I mean, Ferrari is a luxury company. In the luxury company, the speed of change is different than in high tech. And the two goes end in end because the lack of heritage in these high tech companies allows you to move more freely and with higher speed.
0: Does the legacy and the tradition of Ferrari hold back change, you think?
1: But I think also if you are in a startup and you may try whatever you want, if you do a mistake, nothing happens. If you are in a company like Ferrari with a strong brand, well, you have to make sure that everything you do is coherent with the brand. Mm.
0: Were, you, were you chosen because they wanted more technology and electronic content in the car?
1: I think there were uh, several dimensions. Number one, yes, because I, I know a little bit about uh, technology. I think there is also another dimension was uh, the international experience. There is also a third dimension. I think we got a good agreement on the on the leadership style. I mean, uh, my leadership style, I would say, is more um, transformational, is <laughs> more uh, to make things happen through the involvement of all the people, okay? And uh, there is also, I think, another dimension, that is uh, the ability to gr- to create entrepreneurial approach, because I was able to build uh, some business in a place where the competition is very strong. Could you elaborate a bit on the, when you talk
0: about transformational leadership style?
1: What does that mean? It goes end in end with the sentence of uh, Enzo Ferrari, the company is made of people. To- today, we are living in a period, this decade, I think uh, is characterized uh, more than the previous one, also because of some other reason, a geopolitical tension because of the pan- pandemic, is characterized by uncertainty. When you, are, when you are in a situation of uncertainty, what is important is the way you are able to drive in this situation together with the team. So you cannot say today, in 2027, I will make this or that. You have to define where you wanna go, yes, but the way you make it happen, it's going to change. What is constant is the way you mobilize the resources and the way you involve the people to achieve that goal.
0: What have you done in terms of, I think I read somewhere, you thought there perhaps was a bit too, too much bureaucracy. Um, so what have you done to bureaucracy process and speed?
1: Okay, a few things, Nicolai. I made a leaner organization. So inside each function, I got rid of some level and then I opened the organization. Then there are some other things that I believe are very important. And it's the way I, uh, <laughs> I think I behave. I go to talk with all the people from first to last. What does it mean? That I can go to talk with operators, I can talk, to talk with engineers, I can talk with the, the people working in communication or whatever. Because usually what it happens, and this is a mistake that uh, I always try to avoid, that usually the CEO ends up talking with a limited set of people and they yep. see the reality through the lenses and the eyes of these people. And this is, and I don't believe it's good. I've been trained and I've always been doing this in my professional life, to talk with all the people independent on the level. So mm. my biggest satisfaction was just before summer when there was an operator waiting for me downstairs and he wanted to tell me something. Uh, he was pleased because I took some initiative and I told him, come here, come upstairs, let's take a coffee together. And he was very, very, he liked a lot because uh, they see me very close at different level and this is for me very important because they, I see them very, let's say, uh, free to, to, to speak. <laughs> mm. And this is for me is important. If you want the people to talk, you have to give them, a, first of all, you have to give them the opportunity. Second, you have to listen to them. So when I came here one year ago, I ended up, to, I mean, I talked with more or less 300 people one-to-one before to take some decision that bring, brought me to the, this new organization. And some initiative that I put in place now, are consequence of the suggestion I got from these people you know we had the people in Ferrari Nicolai that never had the opportunity to be in a Ferrari so we had the people that working in the company for 20 years never were in Ferrari so I said okay let's start so we organized during the test drive of the car we have the people that are going in Ferrari and I remember that I was talking with the people of uh, the company. There was a lady that was working in the on the manufacturing. She was very pleased. She told me, "Benedetta, I understand that uh, after twenty years I'm working. I understand why it's important this detail." And you see, I mean, one when other was crying, another was crying because uh, of the experience she had going in Ferrari first time in, in in the life. So I think when I say transformational, I think that you have to start. Uh, from the feeling and the emotion of the people. I mean, yeah. the brain is important, yes, no doubt. But before the brain, there is the feeling in the heart that is powering the brain. Absolutely.
0: You mentioned um, that uh, you were lifting up internal talents. How do you find the internal talents? Ah, there, are,
1: uh, there is a, a, a process, pretty good. We select the talent that uh, attended um, some MBA, Master in Business Administration. We have a, a, a deal with a company here in Bologna bologna business school we have different kind of mba we select these people that attend over there mm. and this is really good it's is working very well so we have people attending this for more than one year I th- they they also go in to see different companies they go in other places in the world to have this experience and then there is another thing Nikolai. i mean i keep talking um, i mean I, I talk to them for me yeah. there is the best way to know people is uh, to talk to them and, and to listen do you think
0: MBA is a good thing? Doesn't it just mean that people get a bit full of themselves and want higher salaries?
1: I think the MBA is good in the sense that it's telling you the basic. Okay? <laughs> I, I, it's telling you the basic. At the end of the story, an end on experience that is making a difference. But uh, when in, in MBA, for me, what is good is that uh, you, know, you, you know the things that you don't know, <laughs> and then you work on it.
0: Changing tax um, a bit here, who is the Ferrari
1: client? Ha, we have many. We have the, the passionate <laughs> and then the, the pilot, different way to use the cash and I think we are uh, well covering the needs and the, 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 the experience they want to try. Mm. We have customers whose uh, average age is in the range is 50, and uh, I can tell you that 40 percent of the new customers are younger than 40 years so if you if you go to see the data for me it's impressive to see also that the the if you want the average age of the customers of ferrari customers is relatively young and then you also a distribution of the age uh, is such that uh, around 35% of the customers of Ferrari is between 35 and uh, 50 years old. And what about uh, women? What's the female uh, client base? We see a strong uh, we, st- we see a strong uh, especially in the new customer base. Hmm. We est- uh, we see a strong interest um, by female. I do not remember exactly the, the 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 numbers, but I would say that one over 5, one over 5, one over 6 is female on the new customer base. Which one do you drive? I drive the Roma. On the road, but I can tell you that every month I like to go on the track e- or, or with 488 or 296. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but it's not like the average uh, Joe can just walk in and buy your top models, right?
1: It's uh, a waiting list for a lot of things. Ah, yes. I mean, uh, yeah. For, for Icona, there is for sure you have to be selected. For all the cars, also, there is a waiting list. Yeah.
0: And how do you select people? Who, I mean, who are the, who are the happy
1: few? I, uh, I can tell you, yes, I am one of the few, but I can also tell you that we have a, a well-certified, um, uh, let me say, model um, algorithm by which, for example, we assign the, the cars, the special edition, limited edition, and Icona. So we have some special uh, codified procedures that we are following. While for the normal car, if you want, uh, well, we have uh, also there, we we follow the the time, the clear criteria. I mean, it depends when the, the customer are placing the order, which is the time also for the homologation of the car in different countries, because different countries have different kind of homologation criteria. So we are uh, respecting the, the order, the insertion order date.
0: Changing tax here. Um, some people think one of the biggest challenges for Ferrari could be the, the transition to electric uh, cars. How do you intend to do this?
1: I believe it's, uh, it's because people don't know that our electrification uh, journey started already 13 years ago. I mean, it was 2009 when we started to put the, uh, the engine on, on Formula One. And then after Formula One, we moved to La Ferrari, to the supercars. And then after La Ferrari, we went with SF90 and then a 296. So Today, we have four, four cars on the road, let me say, in high volume, for what high volume means, obviously, in Ferrari, know, a few thousand cars per year that, have the, that are hybrid and are uh, using already all the electric traction. So we are not starting the journey now. The journey started 13 years ago, and we are aiming, and we will unveil our electric car in full electric car in 2025.
0: What do you do with the sound? I mean, isn't part of the fun of having a Ferrari the sound and tell people, "Here I come"?
1: The, uh, the sound is a way to 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 um, let me say to enhance the driving trails. Is part of the experience of driving a Ferrari. Each sound has its own uh, signatures, and uh, we have also to understand that uh, electric engine does not mean silence. There is a sound also coming from it. It's up to us. And that's what we are doing. And that's where we are also filing a lot of patents on good and innovative ideas of the team that will make the sound unique and distinctive for our Ferrari. So we profoundly believe that also the electric Ferrari will be a true Ferrari. Is this your biggest worry? I'm not worried. <laughs> I mean, if I go in the lab and I see the competencies of the team and I see the way. Uh, they are creating some interesting thing, uh, features. I feel reassured. I mean I was here just to, to give also you a, I, was, I had an important meeting with a, a partner eleven of August. I was here. I was a little bit ahead of time, and then I came in the factory and I found the two people that are working on electric engine. so they brought me in the laboratory and they show something that is very unique so i 'm not worried because I see the progress. And uh, the will to progress that people have, and the, the um, let's say the, the 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 continuous strive for excellence. This is this is very important here, uh, Nikolai, in Ferrari. Mm. If you give a hint, if you need a hint, if you give a direction, the system moves very fast.
0: Mm. Okay. Well, shifting into uh, the really uh, super fast lane here. Um, how important is Formula One for the
1: Ferrari brand? If you ask me. What is the impact of Formula One weekend on the sales of the car? Basically, there is no correlation. No causation, no correlation. Okay? If you ask me instead, what is the impact of Formula One? Well, Formula One has been always part of the DNA, the racing has been always part of our DNA. And it will be always part of the DNA because the racing is the manifestation, if you want, of of this will to progress. So for us, Formula One is important for three reasons. Number One, because it remembers us that to excel you have to pay attention to all the detail and it's always there I mean you can you cannot sit it's a continuous progress this is number one more on the if you want on the soft side it remembers the importance to be always competitive and never sit. Number two, it helps also because it helps uh, to develop some technologies that we develop on the track and we move on the road number three. Is also, if you want, uh, a good platform to nail down some important partnership, commercial and technology with many partners, because of the visibility that Formula 1 has. Now, clearly, if you want, when we win during the weekend, the face of the people that I meet in the company on Monday is more uh, smiling <laughs> than when we don't win. And this is, uh, I would say, these are the dimensions why Formula 1 is important for us.
0: How would you characterize the current season?
1: I would like to say that uh, we have done some mistakes and we have to, um, with humility, we have to uh, understand them and we have to to look forward. And that's what we are doing. So we had some uh, engine failures, some car failures. So when you have a failure, there is only one thing you can do. You admit, you work and you fix. We had also some areas of improvement on, on the strategy. And that's also what we are doing. So at the end of the story, you know, to win Formula One, it's like any business. You need the product, the cash, <laughs> you need the strategy <laughs> and you need also the, uh, the, the drivers, the pilot. The three must work all together to bring the. We have not been perfect in the current season, but we have to improve. And uh, let's say we have the will to progress that we have, I have no doubt that we will improve.
0: Seems like the Netflix series, um, Drive to Survive, has really given a lot of um, extra focus on the sport. That seems like uh, pretty good news.
1: Yeah, that's true, especially especially in USA. USA. Yeah. Especially in USA. I mean, the growth of the people watching the Formula One has been growing a lot. And I think next year, with also Las Vegas coming uh, <laughs> on uh, on the Circus, is going to be even much more, eh? Because next year we will, we will have 24 mm, mm. racetracks. Uh, Las Vegas, uh, also because it's La- Las Vegas, will attract even more. What we see also, I was looking at the data, we see also a strong attraction of Formula 1 among the uh, the girls, the teenagers. No, customers and partners often asking me some video, some comment by the two pilots for their uh, daughters or nephew or those things. So... <laughs> Yeah, this is right. true. If I think the requests are coming mostly from girls and women, n- no men asking for a video <laughs> or interview with uh, Char or Carlos. Sounds good. Um,
0: um, Benedetto, you are um, also about to launch um, what some people call an SUV. I think you call it something else. You call it a sports car, I think, or
1: uh, something like that, a Purosangi. Tell us about that. First of all, it's not an SUV for a simple reason, Nikolai. Usually when you are in an SUV, I don't know, but when you are in an SUV, and a lot of people take an SUV because of uh, the way you sit. A lot of times in, 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 in many SUV, you sit like when you, you, you drive a truck. Well, this is not the case for our Purozang. You will see. The way you sit, the way you feel, the way you can uh, go on, uh, on turns is completely different. So there are some technology in terms of vehicle dynamics, some technology in terms of uh, traction. Some uh, you, you will see. I mean, this is not at all an SUV because it's not a utility vehicle. It's a, a vehicle that is enhancing the performance and the emotion, the driving thrills of the of the of the drivers. And when exactly will we see it? Uh, you will see uh, in December. In December, there will be on the road next year.
0: Moving on to uh, just lastly here on your uh, your personal thing. So what, what what drives you? Why are you um, going to work every day?
1: Hey, this is a, a nice question. Maybe it's the most important one, I, the one I like the most. There are several reasons, but the most important one, uh, Nikolai, is uh, here to make uh, together with the team to make a difference and to show, together with the team to show that we can, we can make a difference, we can make things in a different way. I liked it a lot, for example, one article that was published a few weeks, a few months ago, the title was, uh, Ferrari want to show that uh, in luxury space, you can make things that other people cannot do. I mean, I would like, if I have to summarize, I like to show to the world with the team and with the stakeholders, we can make a difference. This is important, the story of the stakeholders, because if a company can make a difference, it's because also of all the partners it has. And when I talk about partners, I mean uh, the suppliers, the customers, (laughs) the owners of our goods, of of what we sell, and also the academic uh, players. So it's a way I feel that I can contribute to a kind of share the prosperity of all the stakeholders. I never came to work here or the previous life to make an object. No, (laughs) this has not been the driver. Sometimes it's funny because um, people look at my my background and they think that what is driving me is the technology. No. And instead, what is driving me is what you can do with that technology, but always starting from uh, the human, the people. Because you have, because you
0: have personally been involved uh, with some, what is it, a hundred technology patents?
1: Yeah, yeah, but this is a this is story. Yes, I've been uh, using uh, the technology to achieve uh, only one objective, <laughs> to delight the people that are using what we are doing. I mean, I, Nicola, I was uh, studying at the university physics. And then I left that world to make something that is helped to create this kind of prosperity across the supply chain, call it the company, call it the stakeholders. I mean, I I would like to to see something that is uh, generating some value across all the the value chain. Mm. So the technology, the patent are a way, are are a tool, let me say, are not an objective. Mm. For me, never. I was always telling, and I'm telling the people, The technology is a tool. You don't go to buy in a supermarket the latest generation uh, uh, product only because of the technology. The technology the way, the emotion that it it associates, it resonates. (laughs) And this is, I think, in Ferrari, we are using the state of the art technologies. We are pushing a lot on patent. eh? We are pushing a lot. One thing that I'm doing here, yes, is to patent more and more. Why? Mm. Because the patents are a way to protect your own ideas. Mm. This is maybe another difference between the high tech and automotive. Usually in high tech, you patent more, more than in automotive. Okay? Because some people believe in high tech, you patent also very small things, small details. In automotive, instead, the people are more, if you want, shy, and they don't patent a lot. And then mm. if you go in the luxury, okay, they even patent less if you want so I'm pushing more in this direction because sometimes small details, small things deserve to be patented because the patents are going to become more and more important in the future. And we have to protect. We, as a luxury companies, we have a lot of ideas that can touch the car but can touch also other luxury products we do and we have to patent. Mm. What are the big um, setbacks you've had in your life? <laughs> now, look, I, when I started, it was 95. I can mention two, two important ones. I I started in 95 and I was alone creating this business. And I I remember that uh, for the first five years, the company was working for, they were using me, quote unquote, just to show their main customer that I was the guy doing R&D. After five years, I said, no, now we stop. I want to do these things. I don't want to be shown like a monkey to the strategic customers to show that we are doing something funny. I want to make things happen. So in year 2000, I started to work on my own ideas with the team. And we start to see the first dollar revenue in 2005. And we were at risk of shutting down all my activity. So it was not easy. I remember that there was my wife delivering our daughters and I was telling her, please wait because I have to submit (laughs) the business plan. (laughs) I can remember all the dates because if I remember the date of my daughter when it (laughs) was delivered. No, this was not an easy period because uh, you had on one side uh, To work to make things happen. On the other side, you have to protect uh, daily to make sure that activity was not going to be shut down. So you was you were always living, uh, you know, on the on the thin red line. And the approval of the plan I did in the previous company came 16 June 2005. And this is why also here I said 16 June 2000. 22, we have the capital market day. (laughs) It was a way to remember. So
0: you're a bit bit superstitious, actually.
1: No, I think I like to keep track. I mean, the time is important for me. The the time is very important. Then the second phase came in year uh, 2011, 2013. There were some setbacks. Uh, We did a mistake. Uh, The mistake was that um, we created a market. We took more or less 100% of this market. We did the mistake to undervalue uh, uh, the, the, the power of the competition. So when the customer were coming to ask us to do something more innovative, since we had a big market share, we were saying, you know what? If you want this, is, take it. <laughs> mm. So when the customer were asking us something new, instead thinking that maybe someone else was offering them these things, we were demonstrating the customer that it was wrong, that this was not necessary. And then we did a mistake. What did you learn from it? I learned it. First of all, you are always, always to listen. You don't have to sit. If, especially when a customer is asking you something, pay attention because someone has been already proposing him. And then there, this was very important also because my team was, uh, very small till 2005. I mean, we were around 100 people. And those people went through the the down and then they see the up. Then we scaled up the team from 2005 to 2011. So the people that joined that period were all only looking at always grow. No, they did not conceive the fact that you can go down. Mm -hmm. So the second phase, when we went down and then we recovered very well, was also important for the growth of the professional growth of the people. Because people must understand that life is not always one sign. It goes up and down, and it is especially in this uh, valley that you appreciate <laughs> what you were not appreciating before. So I think that you always keep, uh, you need always to keep alive the, 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 the fire of the progress.
0: You mentioned, um, you, you mentioned that your wife had to wait a bit with her delivery so that you could finish the business plan. Uh, tell us about your work-life balance.
1: I am. Uh, I was discussing with the team before that uh, this is one important task of a CEO. The work-life balance for me is very, very important. I can tell you that I was not so good till 2011, 2012. After that, also because of this experience, it was very useful. So the work-life balance uh, for me is important. It means that I have always find time for myself, either to do some, uh, you know, uh, to do reading, or to do some uh, activities. <laughs> I think it's important. And also to have a free time on the agenda when you want to allocate uh, time, when you want to meet uh, anyone. So the agenda, I was used to have an agenda, as I told you till 11, 12, that is very packed. And then uh, you don't drive the agenda, Is the agenda driving you. Mm. Since then I learned, and I'm sure I will continue to learn, to make the agenda a little bit more loose. So when someone is coming to me and asking, I would like to discuss about this, and then I can arrange usually within one day, or I mean the same day, let's talk now. And this is something that I'm using a lot here in Ferrari, because I want to pass a message that the loose agenda is not because you are lazy. The loose agenda is because you want to use at the best time, and maybe you cut some operational stuff and you, you, you think more to transform and not only to perform, because when you are, if you balance well the the, the, the time between uh, you know the work and the personal life, the family life, the friends I have a lot of friends. I mean there is, these are something that for me are not negotiable eh? are not negotiable It's important because you are more balanced. I don't think it's good to have a, a workaholic. <laughs> person in my opinion this is my limited view as a ceo because otherwise you transmit bad information i mean the life is not only about work there is also other things and uh, a lot of times you find the solution on the work because you have this uh, free time and you connect uh, you have the ability to bring on your network other people and other uh, input so this is for me very important what you do in your spare time but uh, I can tell you, tonight I go to dry, to 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 play paddle with three colleagues. Yes.
0: You also live uh, close to Bodena. You have the best food uh, around you. I mean, do you cook?
1: Uh, I cook, yes, but when I'm not alone, I don't need to cook. I mean, I am. I have fun to cook when we are with some uh, friends. Here I have many friends, even from the elementary school. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, I have uh, spending at least 50 uh, percent, if you want, of the dinner are with uh, friends that I am um, I know here, since many many years. But then I uh, I have uh, I do I, I like to do some sporting activities, and this I, I like a lot. I like to spend time with my my daughters, especially in, in the weekend more time because we are more free. I am in Modena, she's in Geneva. But uh, last weekend I was doing physics, uh, not so funny, but I had to do physics and mathematics with her. What do you what do you what do you read? What I read, the different books. This is one that I read recently. So a history of the world in seven cheap things. It's nice. It's, it, there are interesting considerations. No, but I, read, uh, I read the books of different kinds. So there, is, there are books. Usually, I, the books I prefer are the books written by the Nobel Prizes. Not in chemistry or in physics. This I don't care, quote unquote. <laughs> it's more about uh, economy, literature. These are, uh, there is one uh, author that I like a lot is uh, Daniel Kahneman. I like a lot. I I read recently his latest book, uh, Noise. But these are books uh, I like. There are... uh, uh, I have several books. My wife is always getting upset because I buy a lot of them and then uh, there are some days where I read more, some days where I read less. But uh, I never travel without books. Mm. Never.
0: Last question. We have um, many thousand students uh, listening into our podcast. What would be um, your advice to to young people these
1: days? This I'm prepared because I was asked the same question by another journalist. There are four things, all important. Hello. Number one, you have to work hard because nothing comes for free. If something comes for free, it's not long-lasting because you have to feel it. And this is the experience I was uh, gaining uh, uh, that usually you you, you you gain with the life. It's important. Number two, is about do things with passion. Don't follow the money. If you select a job because they pay you more, but you don't have passion, you are losing the most important asset of your life. That is the time, the life. Number three, and I think this is very important nowadays, and I, I keep talking uh, always with my daughter, she's 17 years old, is a people relation. Today, with the web too, with the social the network, all this you no know, texting. I mean, spend the time with the people. You cannot live in two digital world. You need time, good quality time with people. So, third is relation with people, and then last but not least, uh, least keeps keep learning, and I keep keep learning from everyone, everywhere, and always. There is nothing wrong because our brain never gets tired of learning. So it's hard work, it's continuous learning, it's passion, and it's people relations. Stay with others.
0: Um, actually this has been uh, an amazing learning experience, and it's been you know being together with you. It's been just incredible. I want to thank you for taking the time. It's been a true fantastic experience. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Nicolai. Why don't you come here to Maranello you bring some reindeer meat and I will offer you some tortellini.
0: I will I will bring uh, some reindeer meat and we'll, uh, we'll cook together. It'll be wonderful. Perfetto.
1: Perfetto. Perfetto. Dan ok, Danilo. grazie
0: mille. Ciao, Nicolai. Ciao. Arrivederci.